Welcome to Detox for Vibrant Health. I'm your host, Jessica Green, board-certified integrative nutrition health coach, detoxification educator, and former sustainable building expert. This show is all about detoxing your body, mind, and environment so you can have the optimum vibrant health you want. Thanks for joining me today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Detox for Vibrant Health. Today is episode 13 and I have a special guest with me today, Tina Goldhammer Frey of Greet the Wild. She's the owner and founder of Greet the Wild uh, Nature and Forest Therapy Guide. And I'm just so excited to have you on today. Tina, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Great. Well, so, you know, I think that there are so many um, reasons why nature and forest therapy is important, especially to our, um, our bodies, our mental health. And I really feel like there's a real parallel here, not even a parallel, but I really feel that uh, this kind of therapy is a wonderful therapy for people to explore when they want to uh, further detox their mind and their body. And so I'm just so excited to have you on to really explain in more detail what this is and how it could benefit people. And I'd like to really kick off though, you know, everyone is always so interested in, well, how did you get here? How did you find this as uh, a career path? And so I'd love to start with that. Can you tell us a little bit more about your journey to finding this as a profession? Yeah, so it was a little bit of a long winding road to get here, but I'll try to keep the story as short as I can. Uh, so growing up, I was always, I always felt really connected to the natural world and to the earth. I spent a lot of time outside as a kid, a lot of time in the mountains. I grew up in Eastern Washington. And we would always, I grew up in Walla Walla and there, the Blue Mountains are kind of surrounding it. It's in a valley. And I remember on the weekends, we'd always go up to the mountains with my family. And we just spent a lot of time outside and camping. And it was just a comfortable place for me. And so that's something that kind of got into my, my system really early on. Mm. And... <clears throat> As I got older, there were kind of a series of events that happened, and I feel like they sort of, in a way, happened to, to my body, and it really created a sense of disconnection um, mm -hmm. from that sort of earlier relationship I had with the earth. So when I was in college, I ended up, uh, it's a long story, but I suffered a spinal injury, and that really was a turning point for me in my connection with nature. I started spending a lot more time inside. I didn't, I was, I didn't get sort of the physical therapy and care I should have had while I was healing. And it just caused a lot of physical discomfort. And it affected my ability to go out and do some of the things like backpacking and climbing the things that I was doing before. Mm -hmm. And I spent a lot more time inside and sort of shifted my lifestyle a little bit, which was fine. I, I just, it really affected my, my, confidence being outside which i think when we suffer physically in like any sort of injury or pain or chronic illness it can make us feel 
a lot less secure and a lot less confident um, going outside. So that happened. And really soon after that, I also, it felt sort of randomly, I developed a really severe allergy to dust mites and that contributed to me developing asthma. So that was another thing that really made me feel just less confident and comfortable spending a lot of time outside in the way that I did. And yeah, again, my lifestyle shifted. Um, I graduated from college, I moved to Seattle, and I ended up kind of living in the city for a long time and always felt a little bit overwhelmed and, and disconnected from something important, but it, it was like I didn't, it was more of a subconscious thing where I was longing for this thing that I had lost and I didn't realize it. Mm -hmm. And I had some other things happen, like I, when I got pregnant, because of my spinal injury, I got pregnant, and during my pregnancy, that caused a lot of complications, and afterwards, I had hip pain, and all these things that it was just like, I was sort of accepting that it was these things that happened to me, and I was just adjusting to them instead of really, really doing what I could to figure them out. Mm -hmm. um, and then after that, I I had this strange thing for about a year where I developed this thing called interstitial cystitis, which is where um, it affects your bladder and it basically feels like you have a UTI, but you don't. And I was in constant pain for basically a year. Oh. And a lot of people suffer from this. And it, it, there's, I think there are probably a lot of different reasons that that happens. And it's kind of inflammation in the bladder and it's kind of an autoimmune response, but there's still not a lot that's known about it. And, but because I was in constant pain, again, I didn't feel like going outside and connecting with the earth. And after a while, I was really lucky that I, I was able to find ways of dealing with that. Weirdly, I, the second time I got pregnant, my interstitial cystitis went away our bodies are so strange sometimes, the way they respond to things. So that I felt lucky about that. And after having my second child, I was just, I think I just was done with like not really knowing what was going on with my body and feeling disconnected to the land. And it was just like, I hit a point in my life where I was like, this is not me. And I don't want to put up with having no answers. And so I kind of went on a path of trying to heal the pain that I was in. I found somebody, Izzy Sanchez, who did, who does fascial counter strain, which is a, a really amazing, magical sort of physical therapy. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so he helped me a lot with my pain. And I just, I don't know, I just, I had been really, um, intent on controlling my asthma and it was like something clicked after a while and it was just like I need to figure this out and there was something that triggered me to just like I have to get in connection with the earth again like I have to and I don't even know what that was I almost feel like it was the earth calling me back to it so I after my pain was helped I, I was able to get outside more and um, an, another thing that happened was I'm a pretty intuitive person and I'm pretty energetically sensitive. And I had almost shut down this part of myself. 
In fact, even as a kid, I remember climbing trees and I would like have trees that were my friends and I would talk to them. And to me, like as I got older, I was like, oh, that's just my wild imagination. But I think I really was connecting with them. And um, during this whole time when I was trying to heal my body, I was also feeling more and more connected to my intuition Mm -hmm. and trying to follow that as a way of reconnecting with the earth. And as soon as I did that, it was like, I don't know, all these things started happening. We moved to this house where there were, it had this backyard with a garden and I started working in the garden and there were these bird feeders we put up on the back porch and it was like a million birds would come to the bird feeders every day. And I didn't know anything about birds. So I got a bird book to figure out what all these what kind of birds all these birds were. And I became a little bit obsessed, but it was just like this kind of slow drawing me back into this relationship with the environment around me and the natural space around me. And so I decided, because I'm also an artist, I decided, okay, I haven't really made friends with all these woods. They feel kind of dark and closed in. And again, I'm from Eastern Washington where it's open and the sky is really close. And after moving here, it was just like, there's all these tall, dark trees and it doesn't feel very friendly. But during this time I was, I kind of decided, okay, I need to make friends with, with the earth here and the forest. And so I started going out and taking pictures so that I could paint the trees. And this thing happened and I was out one day in my fr- on my friend's property and I had decided to just sort of sit there for a while. And I was surrounded by all these cedar trees and it was like something clicked where I was alone and then all of a sudden it was like I wasn't alone because the trees had showed up and they were there with me. And I swear I'm not a crazy person, <laughs> but it really felt like I really felt their presence of these strong beings that were just growing there and living around me. And it was like this reconnection to this thing I had as a kid where I used to talk to the trees. I was like, oh no, they're still here. And there's a longer story to this, but I really, after that moment, I felt like, okay, this is the forest saying that it's friends with me now. We're cool with each other. After that, the forest didn't feel dark and foreboding. It just felt like we're friends now. And I, I felt this strong urge to do something to like help other people feel that connection because I know so many people who, even though we live here on this beautiful Island, we live on Bainbridge Island and there's all this natural space. There's so many people who aren't actually making friends with it in a way that is restorative and helpful and joyful. And I, I, I didn't know what to do. I knew I needed to do this. And after months of trying to figure out how do I do this, a friend sent me this link to the Association of Nature and Forest Therapy website. And it was a link that said, become a forest therapy guide. And I saw it and I was like, oh, that's what it is. That's what I'm supposed to do. And there were really, after discovering what it was, there really was no question that this is, I feel like I have been prepared for this, like in, in this process of being called back to the earth, like this is part of it, like this is what I'm supposed to do. So, yeah. Wow, that's an amazing uh, journey that you've taken. And, 
you know, you could clearly see now, I'm sure in hindsight, this um, constant draw or pull to, um, you know, your, your experience as a, as a child, your connection with nature. And it seemed to have kind of shown up, it showed up in your life sort of several times, didn't it? You know, sort of this inkling like, oh, something's missing, something I'm just not quite connected back to where I was. And I love that you, um, you know, took the time to really listen again to your intuition as your body was healing. And I love how your intuition grew uh, as you paid more attention to what your body was telling you. And I think that's really powerful for everyone who is wanting to take themselves on a healing journey, just listening to themselves. And for you, you were also listening to this pull back to nature. And, um, you know, I think I'd, I'd love for you to share more about the science of uh, forest therapy, nature and forest therapy. And uh, because I think it'll become a bit more clear exactly what um, happens to someone who partakes in this kind of therapy and how it could benefit them health-wise and, and also mentally. Right. Yeah. So just a little history about um, the Association of, uh, Association of Nature and Forest Therapy, which is who I'm a certified guide through. They got their start uh, what they do um, is inspired by the Japanese practice of Shinrin-yoku or forest bathing and that sort of got started as a practice in Japan after the shift to a more technology-based economy in the 1980s uh, once that started happening there was a huge spike in autoimmune disease and stress and heart disease and all kinds of things that kind of probably were there before, but there was a huge spike in that after the economy shifted to a more tech-based economy. Mm -hmm. And in Japan, like people paid attention and noticed this and there was a huge push to sort of research this and discover why this was happening. So, a lot of the scientific research we have about the benefits of being outside and being in the forest come from this initiative in Japan to study this. And one of the things they found and that they keep finding over and over again is that time spent outside and especially in forests has a direct impact on our health and well-being on every level, but especially it, it boosts our immune system, it decreases stress, it uh, decreases our heart rate, increases our attention span, and really, and I'll talk a little bit more about the science behind that, but I just want to make this point. To me, it's really, it's, not surprising that a shift away from time in nature and a shift indoors, it's not surprising that that's accompanied by all these uh, ailments because we as human creatures, we evolved outdoors. Like that's our natural habitat. 
is being outside. So as human creatures at every level of our being, we are specifically suited to function in relationship with the natural world. That's just how we are as human creatures. And so it, it doesn't surprise me that there are all these quote unquote benefits because that's where we're supposed to be. I'm sure there, there are scientific studies that have, I mean, there are scientific studies that have been done to show certain things that we're discovering that are beneficial to being outside, but I can't even imagine all the things that we haven't discovered yet or we may never discover, uh, reasons why it's better for us to be in relationship to the natural world because that's our home. <laughs> and I think that this is really interesting, this, um, this uh, such a huge difference between what we've created inside our home and what we've been experiencing uh, throughout, you know, the existence of humanity uh, with nature, we've gone away from, you know, gosh, it, it's so many different levels, right? You know, we've changed the hours that we are awake and doing um, complex things. You know, it used to be daylight time here, and now it's, well, we could work all night long, you know, so we've changed our circadian rhythms and our relationship just to the sun and the night and you know thinking about how controlled the indoor environment can be as well you know we don't um let our bodies really experience cold and hot we're kind of at this stable temperature the majority of the time you know right. we, yeah what we bundle up with uh, and all that so we're not even exposed to extreme hot or colds which can be really beneficial on a physical level. It's like a kind of a good stress for our bodies. And so I can really see a lot of these different aspects sort of playing out in, um, you know, our, our being out of touch with nature. Right, we're so scared of discomfort that we don't allow ourselves to experience the benefit that happens after we experience discomfort, except for I guess sometimes we'll push ourselves to exercise because that's not always comfortable, because <laughs> we know that's beneficial. There are all kinds of other ways in which sort of experiencing that discomfort, or at least allowing ourselves to feel it, can help bring all kinds of other benefits. Uh, and, I, and I just, yeah, I, I, I firmly believe that as human creatures, there are all kinds of tools we've created for ourselves, and sort of prosthetics that we bring into our lives to make us more comfortable and to make life more convenient that we haven't actually evolved to be able to handle. So there's, and I'm not just talking about the internet and social media, which is a, a very extreme example of that, but I think even just any kind of electronics or any kind of ability to just be inside all the time. There are things that we, tools that we've created for ourselves that we are actually not using it to our benefit. And yeah, that causes a lot of stress. And 
Um, I'll talk about that again in a little bit, but I just, I do want to talk a little bit about the science of being in the forest and being outside. So some of the things we have discovered is, for instance, being in the woods and especially being around uh, evergreen trees, trees actually put off compounds and some people call them phytoncides. They're chemical compounds that protect the trees from disease, like viruses and bacteria. And there's sort of the trees, the more the trees are maybe fighting some kind of fungus or something, they'll put more of these off. But they're chemical compounds that protect the trees and breathing them in actually helps our bodies produce more natural killer cells. Um, it helps boost our immunity. And it's kind of like we, be just being out there, we're getting the benefits of, of the same, the similar benefits that the trees get of these lovely chemical compounds. Uh, so there's that side of it. It's also really good for our nervous systems. So there's, there's this thing that we've developed as human beings that is super helpful um, called the sympathetic nervous system. And that's the part of our nervous system that triggers our fight or flight response. So, you know, out in the wild that keeps us safe because when a mountain lion is chasing you, you have to run away and you get a boost of adrenaline and your, your body sort of shifts all of its attention to protecting you, keeping you safe, and you know, hopefully getting away from the mountain lion. And that's your, you know, that's what your sympathetic nervous system is for. Uh, afterwards, once that has sort of calmed down, your parasympathetic nervous system hopefully will kick in. And that's the part of your nervous system once you escape. It's sort of called the rest and digest zone where your body can sort of redirect your energy back to things like digestion, memory, rebuilding muscle tissue, learning, and that's where your body is calming down again. So in a, in a, in a different society back before we lived the way we do today, uh, when we lived maybe more connected to the natural world, that wouldn't happen very often. Like once in a while you might encounter a wild animal or maybe I don't know, and somebody who was trying to cause you harm, but most of the time, your parasympathetic or your sympathetic nervous system wouldn't just constantly be triggered. You'd have a lot of time, even if you were out hunting, you'd have a lot of time to sort of sit in the woods or in the meadow and sort of wait and watch and calm down, and your whole body would be functioning at a higher level because it's good for your digestion. It's good for your emotional state. It's good for your, like, inflammation would be lower. It's, you know, the parasympathetic nervous system is really important to be allowed to function often at a calm place. But the way we live now, we live in such a way that our fight or flight response is triggered all the time, we're constantly under stress. Even just opening up your computer and reading the news in the morning, like will trigger that a little bit. 
And we live often under this constant state of stress to the point where some people be even become addicted to that state. Uh, and and it's, it causes all kinds of problems for us on every level, health-wise and emotionally. And over time, it can be really horrible for us. And just spending a little bit of time outside every day. Like, I think a recent study showed that 20 minutes is really all you need outside, just sitting there. And it brings everything back down and your parasympathetic nervous system can be engaged. And, yeah. and this is another example of how we, something that we use as a tool, like the internet, to figure out what's going on throughout the world is, to me, something that, again, is something we haven't really evolved to handle. We're, we're not supposed to know about every single crazy stressful thing that is happening on the other side of the world and then we have to deal with it like it's um yeah it's something that can be really harmful i think and just taking time to stop and slow down and connect to natural space can really help with that i so totally agree with that and i think it's really important you mentioned a couple of things i was hoping you could explain to uh, for people who might not understand the role that natural killer cells play and this is so incredibly important i think um as well as uh you know turning on the parasympathetic nervous system to increase uh, intestinal action and glandular activity. And you didn't mention glandular activity, but I remember reading it earlier. Oh, yeah. um, so just starting with the natural killer cells, uh, you know, our body uh, turns up the natural killer cells when we're connecting with nature, when our parasympathetic nervous system is going. Actually, you said it in relationship to the, uh, I'm going to get this wrong, maybe phytinocytes? Phytinocytes. Phytinocytes. I think T H Y T O N C I D E S phytoncides, and and I think there are a few different terms for these chemical compounds, but that's one of them. Can you tell us a little bit more about the natural killer cells and why they're important? Yeah. So, as part of our immune response, we produce white blood cells to fight infection and disease, and um, some of these white blood cells are categorized as natural killer cells, and those target, I'm, and again, I'm, I'm not a biologist, so I don't know <laughs> if I'm talking about these in the most clear way, but the natural killer cells we produce to target um, some of these diseases specifically, and, and the more natural killer cells we're producing, the better our immune system is functioning and is able to fight uh, illness and disease, and, and breathing in phytoncides and being outside especially with trees actually boosts our production of these natural killer cells i think so it helps our immune system function more efficiently i think that that sounds spot on and to give a little a bit of an example of um what these natural killer cells can can do is there's a couple of things that go on in our bodies there's a you know things like um viruses or um, cancer because you know we have uh, cancer cells um, in our body at any one time everyone has something going on 
Uh, and also we have some cells that are just not um, fully functioning anymore, right? Because the cell doesn't last forever, it dies eventually. Um, and when our natural killer cells aren't working properly, sometimes we have what's called, and this is totally colloquial, um, kind of like zombie cells. And when we don't have the natural killer cells working efficiently, then we have these leftover sort of zombie cells creating more havoc in our body. Um, and this all goes back to uh, improving our immune system, right? If our body is constantly cleaning up those zombie cells and taking care of the bad stuff that we don't really want in our body, the cancer cells, and um, maybe it's even bacteria, you know, they're just gobbling this all up so that it could be um, destroyed, you know, get out of our body. And wow, that is that's really so powerful. And I didn't really understand exactly how the evergreen trees really play a role in helping to boost that. And wow, so powerful. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And you did mention also, um, uh, you know, helping with our digestive system when we're at rest, uh, our digestive system is able to work more efficiently. And a couple of weeks ago, I interviewed a guest uh, Christina Tidwell, who talked about gut health yeah. and the link between um, gut health and our natural detoxification system, and also the link to many other autoimmune conditions. So it, it's like there's kind of a double whammy here with uh, forest therapy, it seems. Right. Yes, absolutely. And you mentioned the detox thing that... Um, it happens, it's not just a physical detox, I think, that happens when you're out in natural space. It's also an emotional detox. And it, one thing I've experienced is that it's sort of like you can, you can just shed some of all these extra stressors that kind of gets, I, I envision things sort of getting stuck to my body, not just in my mind, like because sometimes your mind can race and go over all the things you need to do or over like that article you just read that's just like making you upset or the conversation you just had and all these things I think sort of stick to you in a physiological way and when you can slow down and spend time connecting to the land and connecting to the earth, it's, it's also a detox of sort of your whole soul a little bit, I think. You can sort of shed some of those things and again like it's you're supposed to do it that way like that's how our bodies are designed to be outside and to breathe the fresh air and to sort of let some of those things fall away and again some of those things I think we were never really well equipped to deal with in the first place um, it's sort of just a function of the way that our society has developed. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. Uh, just the immense amount of information that's out there, not all positive. And yeah, I could, I could understand how, you know, that, and it can, it can feel kind of like the stuck Steph, it's like you've just overloaded yourself with all this other information that's kind of stressful. And I love your, um, the way that you describe it as like, these are things that are just kind of stuck to you. And going out in nature helps to sort of shed some of that. 
And I, I love the um, power of the psychological detoxing that, that you're talking about. Yeah. And one of the things I want to mention too is <laughs> I, we're using the word nature a lot. And I, I don't know if you've noticed, I actually try to avoid using the word nature even because just as a concept, the term nature kind of defines us against it. It's like everything that's not human and human made is nature. Mm. But I think really the whole point of forest therapy is to remind us that we are nature. Like this is, we're not separate. And the separation, the sort of artificial separation we've created is, is a huge source of a lot of problems that we experience not just in our health, but in, in our relationships with each other and in, in our relationship with the earth. I think with a lot of what's happening on the planet right now and the problems we find ourselves in, it's, it, it really has to do with a broken relationship um, and this sort of separateness we've created. And it really has arisen from that separateness. And so one of the goals of forest therapy and what I, when I take people on a forest therapy walk, one of the goals of that walk is not just to help the, the guests on my walk experience the physical benefits and all the benefits to their own well-being from sort of restoring that relationship, but it also helps contribute to the well-being of the earth, every human that sort of can repair that their relationship with the wild world um, helps contribute to the protection of that world and to the appreciation of that world. And so that relational repair is a, also a huge goal uh, in the forest therapy community and as a practice. I love that. I love the way that you've just described that. That's, I think, really powerful too. The repair of the relationship that mm -hmm. we have and, and it's kind of a good segue into my next question, unless you'd like to share some other uh, fun scientific benefits before we get into what to expect on a forest therapy uh, walk. Let's keep going forward. And then if I think of something as we talk, I'll mention it. Okay, that sounds great. So, um, you know, people might have read about forest bathing, uh, you know, certainly plenty of people that are listening to this podcast have gone on hikes in nature, uh, but what is, what's different, what's unique about a forest therapy walk? Can you share what they might expect? Yeah, so when I take people on a forest therapy, or sometimes we call it a forest bathing walk, uh, really the walks are specifically designed to help people slow down and just drop into their senses and connect to the land in a deeply restorative way. So, which can actually be harder to do on your own than you might think because of the way we're sort of geared to approach things. It can be really, really hard to slow down and to sort of drop out of your head, sort of into your body and connect in that way. So, I'll, so what I do is I'll usually start out with 
it's called pleasures of presence where we I sort of walk people through their senses and walk people through a process of connecting to the space we're in kind of using all their senses and that's it's kind of a way to help people get out of their heads and then throughout the walk I offer a series of what we call invitations uh, which are just really simple invitations and ways to help people connect with the land in ways they might not have thought of and each invitation involves uh, their sensory invitations so when they involve one of your senses and it's not just the five senses it might be your sense of imagination or your I think I call it body radar where you can kind of use your body to guide you to something um, and in the forest therapy community we we say that the forest is the therapist and the guide opens the doors so I'm not a therapist I'm a guide and I'm there to help people help open doors for people to connect to the natural world in ways they normally wouldn't and going on a hike is great like anytime you can get outside that's lovely but oftentimes when we go on a hike we're just exercising outside which is great if you're gonna exercise that's a great place to exercise but there are so many other ways to connect with the natural world and to connect with the earth other than just hiking and I know for me that's one of the things that I sort of that kept me from connecting back to the earth sooner when I was suffering from my chronic pain and all this other stuff is when I thought about going outside and getting into nature it was like well I can't go on a hike it hurts me and there it was just it, there are so many things that felt prohibitive it might trigger my asthma or something else and it's because all I thought was well that means going on a hike and while well, hiking's good there are just a lot of other ways to connect and as a guide I'm sort of there to open those doors for you uh, and give you more ways to connect to, to the land and also to hold a space a safe space for you to do that because you, you I don't know not everybody want will go out with their friends and like start going around and feeling all the leaves or smelling what the earth smells like or creating something out of what you find in the forest or using your imagination to connect with the tree and what it might be telling you you know there are all sorts of invitations I might offer and I'm there to hold that safe space for you to do those things so you don't feel silly or weird or you know because <laughs> that's what we're all there to do together and I'm the one holding that space for you so that's how kind of going with a guide I think can be really helpful and it can offer sort of a deeper experience and it is a practice it's something like you might go you might want to just go on one walk but I encourage people to if you can find a forest therapy guide in your area or come on a walk with me do it multiple times because just like any practice like yoga or um, meditation it, it takes practice to sort of know what works for you and what you need and you can do it on your own but having a guide can really help you drop into that and then we end in a tea ceremony which sort of brings the whole walk together 
and ends the experience together and helps sort of connect to the land again. So for each tea ceremony, I use tea from some plant that I've foraged off the land that we're on. Wow, that sounds like such a great, uh, just a great therapy to go through. And to end it on that note, it just sounds like it's kind of wrapping it all up together. What a wonderful experience that you provide people with. Yeah, I think so. I think it's really lovely. Mm -hmm. And can I, I would also like to add something to that. Uh, one of the things we often do towards the end um, on our walks is something called sit spot. And this is a practice that you will do on a forest therapy walk, but it's also something that I recommend to anybody. If you're not even sure how to start connecting, I this is just something I think everybody should be doing all the time. Like this is a great way of getting some of these benefits from connecting to the earth and the land that you're on. So sit spot is basically just finding a spot outside. It can be anywhere. I have a sit spot just off in the woods somewhere that I go to every week, hopefully at least once. But it can also just be, if you don't have a space like that to go to, you can be on your back porch or you can go to your local park and just sit. And, or if you're in, a, in an apartment in the city, like maybe find a way to like put a bird feeder or just have a window you sit next to and open it up to get the fresh air. And it's just a sit spot is any place in a natural space where you go and you allow yourself, give yourself permission to sit and do nothing for at least 20 minutes and just notice what's around you. And at least once a week for 20 minutes, you'll, it's, you'll start noticing the benefits. And it's something you can do even if you're experiencing chronic pain. It's something you can do um, even if you're, you're feeling nervous about going into wild spaces. It's something you can just, I think most people can find a way to do. and. And it's really accessible and it's a really easy way to start. I love that. I love that. I'm, I'm going to start doing it today. Good. Yay. Wow. Well, so um, now I know you have uh, a new website and it's called Greet the Wild. So greetthewild.com. Mm -hmm. And uh, people can also find you on Facebook and Instagram. Also, greet the wild. Yes. And, um, you know, I know that uh, you don't have your schedule up quite yet, but you will have it up soon for events that happen locally on Bainbridge Island. Is that right? Yes. Yep. So I'll be posting some events soon in the new year. I, again, I don't have them posted right now, but there will be upcoming events, hopefully a walk series you can sign up for, and then also some individual walks. And then once I have my website fully up, which should be very, very soon, um, you can also contact me to arrange private forest therapy walks. If you just want to go by yourself or with a group of friends and, and sort of choose the time and the place that will be available too. And then if you're not in the area, in the Seattle area, the Kitsap, Bainbridge Island area, uh, there are amazing forest therapy guides 
literally all over the world. So if you go to um, natureandforesttherapy.org, that's the Association of Nature and Forest Therapies website, there is a guide map on the website where you can click on it and find a guide in your area. And I definitely recommend that. Oh, that's wonderful. And I'll include those two links in the show notes for today. And, um, wow. I just, I love everything that we've covered today. I hope everyone who's listening has really gotten out of it. Some of what I've gotten out of this talk and I love the work that you're doing now. And thank you so much for being you and being here today. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This concludes another episode of Detox for Vibrant Health. Did you know that the role of a health coach is to help you identify and prioritize your health goals, set achievable actions, and create accountability? To help encourage you to start taking responsibility of your health today, I'm offering 20% off my four-month Vibrant Health Coaching Package when you sign up with me before the end of the day, December 31st, 2019. See the link to book a call with me in the show notes below. I look forward to supporting you.